Art of the Kickstart, Episode 97. Welcome to the Art of the Kickstart.com, where entrepreneurs are constantly pushing the envelope to build businesses of greatness. Inventors are innovating, creating the products of the future, and backers stand strong for what they believe. These are some of the great thinkers, inventors, and leaders of our time. Here are their stories. Today's Art of the Kickstart podcast is coming to you guys from eFulfillmentService.com, the company that I think is absolutely awesome if you're trying to get your rewards fulfilled on time. Guys, launching a Kickstarter campaign isn't exactly easy. That's why the majority of Kickstarters fail, despite how hard editors work. I put together a free six-step email mini course to try to eradicate this evil issue and help inventors and entrepreneurs everywhere. If you guys go to artofthekickstart.com slash checklist, you can get the new and improved six-step guide that's going to walk you step-by-step through making your Kickstarter, your crowdfunding campaign happen. Check it out, artofthekickstart.com slash checklist, and make your crowdfunding dreams happen. Guys, welcome to Art of the Kickstart. Today, we've got an incredible interview. We've got Mark Barros, CEO of Moment on the line, to share the story of how they crushed it with not one, but two Kickstarters, revolutionizing mobile phone photography. Thanks for coming today, Mark. Thanks for having me. So, Mark, you got to be a busy guy. You finished your campaign five days ago. What's happening? It's actually a little bit easier than the first time around. The first time around, there was like four of us. <laughs> so, handling 5,000 customer orders the first time was a lot easier. Now that we're at eight, it's, uh, <laughs> it's way better than the first time. And this time around, when you do it the second time, you just, you've learned a bunch. So, we actually have like a support tool set up so we can email people. We have orders that can come in and be able to manage those. Like, all the tools are in place this time around. Last time, like you finish Kickstarter and they're trying to figure out how to set all that stuff up, like an e-commerce store and how to email customers and what tool you're going to use to track support. So this time around, we're doing a lot better. So would you do all that stuff ahead of time for Kickstarter? No, because you, you don't even know if it's going to be successful. So the first time around, it was just like, we have a product we're working on. It's at a prototype stage. We have no idea if anybody's going to care. And so Kickstarter is a great, or crowdfunding in general, is a great point to to go to once you have a prototype and you want to validate that like customers will actually pay what you're working on. What I've always found is that until you ask people to pay you money, you have no idea if it's going to be successful. And so the first project, we spent four months on it as a team. We put it up. And thankfully, the community really responded and helped us actually start the business. Yeah, you guys absolutely crushed it. And I want to jump into that in a sec, but I goofed. We always kick these interviews off with a life quote, a success quote. What do you got, Mark? Just do what you're passionate about. Do what you're passionate about. Are you a photography guy? Yeah, I always use my, my, I'm not a professional photographer, but I always use my phone or really a camera to take pictures. And I found using my phone more and more. But I grew up, my mom had her first kind of DSLR she let me use and keep and started playing with it with film and found digital was a lot better for me just because I made so many mistakes. It was easier to edit and save me a lot of money. When I used to print it, I would take pictures and be like, oh, it's an epic shot. And then get home and realized it was terrible. So Absolutely. And now you can just basically do DSLR quality photos with your phone. Even before moments, you guys have taken it to the next level where you're just like Spider-Man pictures. So where'd the, where'd the journey, where'd the story come from? How did you get started with Moment? So Moment's the second business I started. The first one I started was called Contour Cameras. And so most people have heard of a GoPro. I always joke that we were the other guys. We started as college kids, like 21, ran it for about 10 years. We built about a 50-person company and just learned a lot about building a company, about being an entrepreneur, what I was passionate about, both personally and professionally. And after that company, I took about a year off and traveled and just spent time with my, my wife and figuring out what I wanted to do and realized that 
I was using my phone more and more to take pictures. And so a few of us got together and started working on a prototype, literally of um, lenses. What we loved about traditional cameras were these lenses and they gave you a different perspective, but on your phone, you lost all that. So a few of us got together and started tinkering with it and put it up on Kickstarter and then it took off and allowed us to actually build a business. That's awesome. I think it's cool that you built a business ahead of time, i.e. you're the entrepreneur and then you decide, you know, what, I'm just going to solve a personal problem and you roll with it. Yeah, I find the best problems when you're passionate about it, you solve them, you solve them well. It's very hard to build these things when you're not personally passionate about the category or the problem you're solving. The last company it ended up being a 10-year journey. And if someone had said, hey, it's going to be for 10 years, I would have stepped back and really thought about it. So this time around, there's a much deeper purpose of why we're doing this and has much better foundation. So 10-year journey, that's what a lot of people are, are shooting for. What are some of the options on a business like that exit-wise in terms of so how do you get out? <laughs> in Contour, I got fired from my own company and then they bankrupted nine months later. Oh, okay. That is another way to do it. Now you got to go back and buy that company back. Uh, Steve Jobs-esque little game, right? uh, Action cameras, I did that once in my life. I don't need to do it again. But I think at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, like you have to spend a lot of time really figuring out what you're passionate about and setting your values. And then organically or slowly grow it. So you add each piece very carefully. So this time around, we add each person, each piece, everything we do, very slowly we add. It's easy to put a bunch of ideas on the board, but it's very hard to execute them all. So everyone involved believes in the same purpose, has the same values. Most people view the work with before or helped us on the side and then joined the company. Everybody here loves mobile photography. And so we very much have spent a lot of time this, this time around carefully curating and building the company. Go a little bit deeper into that because that is that whole company culture. And it's such a cliche little thing. But the people that you hire, that's what makes the company. That's what makes a success. And you resonate that as the leader. How do you find incredible people? I, I like focusing on areas where, I mean, mobile photography, people are personally passionate about. They're spending their weekends doing it. I think it's pretty hard when people aren't spending their weekends thinking about the problem you're solving. And so mobile photography is a, a relatively simple opportunity because you have you know, 300 million people on Instagram that like spend their weekends taking pictures and are passionate about it. And so that's when the first layer is finding people in Seattle who are passionate about that same thing. Like they're on the weekends using their phone to take pictures. And then second, you start to look for skill sets. So we have an ID designer, we have a UX designer, we have a software engineer. And so the, their ability to do, create, or, or execute is, is second to their first love from old photography. And so usually word of mouth, probably your best, as you work with people you like that are good and they introduce you to awesome people. So I got a question for you. You're running basically an incredible mobile photography company. Why based out of Seattle? I hear Seattle's the place where you just kind of go to die in the clouds and rain. If you want beautiful <laughs> pictures, why Seattle? Uh, have you been here? I have not. I hear it's also a place of incredible, incredible technology. But I had to, I had to go dirty on that and just see what you say. No, Seattle's awesome. I mean, it's, uh, it's where I was born. It's where our team's from. But if you're passionate about the outdoors, then it's definitely a place to be. And I think everybody here like loves going to the mountains, riding, whether it's snowboarding or skiing, hiking in the summer. And so Seattle has a lot of young, creative talent. And that's kind of where we're building this. Any plans to turn a mobile phone into a GoPro to hook it up to the chest? <laughs> I don't think you'll see me do any POV camera-related stuff. <laughs> uh, and it's, a, it's a huge market, but I think what you guys are doing is pretty much crushing it. And speaking of, two Kickstarters, basically a little over $1.1 I think, combined. That's pretty darn incredible. What have you learned from what you've done? What can you share with people? Yeah, we wrote a pretty good post. If people want to Google it, it's just... Google Moment Lens and how yeah, I'll link to that. Yeah, and so there we kind of went through our methodology and what we learned, everything we tried. But it's all about momentum, and so 
I think first is figuring out is, is there a community of people you need to engage? What we found in why I picked Kickstarter is there's a community of people that are passionate about photography, and that's been proven with several projects have come through. So first is identifying the audience, and if that audience is on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, but if it's really fundamental to community and building that, then we definitely think you should pick a platform. And the second is all about momentum. So press drives a lot of that, word of mouth, building an email list of friends and family, getting influencers. So the more momentum you can get of people backing it, telling their friends, sharing it, and if you can keep the momentum for 30 days, you'll do well. Yeah, it's all about rankings and velocity. And you guys nailed it. You have the perfect product for Kickstarter. You have that creative, minimalist, aesthetic, hipster type of product. How do you make sure that what you're building appeals to backers, to customers, even if it's not your business? I think that's, you don't know, actually. You don't know if uh, backers are going to respond at all. I think what we found is it's about telling your story and what you believe in. And early on, backers are actually not buying the product. They're buying you and your story and why you're doing this. We definitely spent a lot of time talking about the creation story, why we're doing this, what our purpose is, what we believe in. And so very much has been about that. I think secondary is it's, it's a product or an object that they'll get if we're successful. And so it's about telling that story and bringing them along with the journey because there's no guarantee we're going to be successful. We think so. We have experience at this. We're prepared for it. We share where, where we're at at every step. But it's making a product really hard. And there's a high risk that we don't succeed and we aren't able to bring this product to market or something happens along the way. So, Did that 10 years with your POV company help you in building this one? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. In every way. How do you pull experience like that from the past and put it into what you're doing? I know it's more specific to you because it was such a related field. But what about for some other people that might not be as entrepreneurial inclined? I would first just find a, a, a small team of product creators that, that are passionate about the same products. It starts in the product for a little company. Like if your product's successful and people buy it, you can turn it into a company. So Moment started as a prototype. It became a product. And over the last 12 to 15 months, we've said, oh, how do we go from a product to a little company? So first start with the product. You can find, usually you need a designer, an engineer. You need you know, two or three people that are passionate about the same thing as you. You can find them doing startup weekends or you can find them as a side project. And once you have a product, I would definitely find a couple people that can help you on the side, advise, give you advice that have, have built, if it's hardware, have built real hardware. So we have a guy who helps us, a good friend of ours, spent you know, 10 years at, at Apple. He spent a bunch of time in supply chain. He's able to help us a few hours a week, like, do this, don't do this, try this. So that way, we're smarter about the key pieces. So I think you can find a, a team that works super hard, passionate about the problem day to day. And then you can find some people to help you on the side, navigate the tricky parts. Yeah, that's the one challenge for product creators. Like, I'm creating my own product now. And it's basically a laptop case that converts into a standing desk. But it's nowhere near on the same scale as what you guys are going for. So I'm I'm basically the main guy. And I actually like to ask a lot of the old past podcast guests for, for advice, for feedback on, on strategy. But getting around to other people that have done it before is huge. What do you do in terms of that? I know you're in Seattle now, so that's got to be enormous. Do you do any co-working? Do you get around other inventors, entrepreneurs, masterminds? What's your strategy? Well, first, you just try to meet other entrepreneurs that have started things. So try to meet people who have started stuff before you. Maybe they're working on something similar. And that's usually where I start. And if you're like, hey, I need some help with my supply chain. And if you have enough friends that have started similar companies or in hardware and it's kind of a similar space, they'll say, oh, so-and-so helped me or oh, so-and-so helped me. So I definitely use other entrepreneurs to help find people. To your story, a friend of mine started Rhino Camera Gear. I mean, self-taught mechanical engineer, He's done four Kickstarters now, and that's gotten him to be a little business. So now he's got, he's hired his friends and his family, and he's up to like four or five people, but it can definitely start that way. And he started as a single person. So I might have to get him on. That sounds like a cool story. 
And Mark, you're the photographer, which I think is really cool. And that's totally my weakness. So here's where I'm going to pick your brain in ways that can help mine and other campaigns. How do you get incredible pictures, product-focused pictures, pictures in the environment? What do you guys do to make sure that you're – because your pictures pop. They look incredible. Put designers on the team, man. I'm a big believer designers should be at the table from the beginning. So one of the guys who helped co-found the business is a 26-year-old design phenom, as I call him. But he's able to design products from ID to photography to the video. He's sitting here. He gets embarrassed when I call him that. But I'm a big believer in fine designers. So if I was starting a small team, I studied accounting. So basically, I can't make anything without finding a designer and an engineer. But if I was starting something, I, w- I would find a designer and an engineer. Wow. If I had to put money on that, I would have said you're a designer right off the bat. Just <laughs> you've got that feel. Uh, that's a good thing. It's it's much better than being the accountant, man. Let's face it, right? But now uh, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I think I think you're even a little higher. I want to jump now into the launch round. How's that sound, Mark? Sure. Guys, before we jump into the launch round, we're going to take a quick time out to tell you about today's show sponsor, eFulfillmentService.com. Honestly, this is a great company to work with if you're crowdfunding or building an e-commerce company and you don't want to worry about fulfillment, shipping your products and rewards out to backers. That's one of the hardest things that Kickstarter campaigns have is getting those rewards out to backers on time. From manufacturing to shipping them out, it's a huge headache. Deal with eFulfillmentService.com, artofthekickstart.com, slash EFS to get the best deals ever. Welcome to the launch round where we take our guests through a series of rapid-fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. So first question, any entrepreneurial role models that you had growing up, people you wish you could have had a chat with? I think growing up, I didn't really understand entrepreneurship. I, mean, I grew up playing a lot of soccer, so if you were asked me, I would have named five soccer players. that Who's I your favorite won. soccer players? Uh, Messi right now. Messi? Best, Messi's number best one. I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. my God. He's just so short. He just tumbles and rolls and comes back and scores. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Are you a big athlete? I played a lot of soccer growing up. Still play about a day a week. Okay, that's good. That's good. So my next question for you, let's say that you had an unlimited budget. What problem would you go after? What would you try to solve? Unlimited budget, I would definitely focus on probably health-related stuff. I think one of the challenges is those startups are hard to build because nobody will fund them. But I think products that, that actually save people's lives would be interesting. The other big challenge is there's just so many rules and regulations around it. It's like people don't want you to help people, right? I it's mean, the funding associated with that, though. Like Nobody will fund that. It, you can get through all those pieces, but having deep enough pockets. So if you had unlimited money, I'm assuming you have deep enough pockets. Yeah, I guess I guess that is fair. Touche, touche. You have incredibly deep pockets. Business books, life books, any you've loved that you'd want to recommend? I have to email you a list. I don't remember them off the top of my head. Unfortunately, I have an 18-month-old, so I haven't read a lot in the last 18 months. But there's definitely a few around purpose that I've read that I, I very much appreciate. And also going back and reading stuff on history. So I've read like Winston Churchill's autobiographies and I think Abraham Lincoln's as well. So I think when you get time, if you can go back and read the past, it's super important. Yeah, it's a great way to inspire the future. And a funny story, Winston Churchill used a standing desk. So definitely putting that in my Kickstarter. There you go. So your favorite Kickstarter. So you're a big crowdfunding guy. What have you liked? We always we like peak design stuff. You know, that's a guy who's done serial Kickstarters. We think they did a good job telling a story. We think it's very authentic. So we definitely like the stuff that they did. Man, on the spot, I don't remember the other ones that we sorted through. Yeah. No pressure. That's uh, a lot nude, of incredible. Nude audio was good. What are the ones? Uh, neat. Neat. Studio Neat is good. They've done two or three. Keep it very simple. We like the ones that are simple and tell a good story. You guys definitely went for that as well. You had a bit of a minimalist aesthetic. 
how do people appeal to something like that and to the Kickstarter audience as a whole? It totally depends on your product and your category. Mobile photography, it's very much about design. That's kind of one of the things we believe in. And it's also your founding team. So if your, your product early on is, is functional and engineering based, then that's okay. As long as you tell that story and it's consistent with what you believe in. Ours has a lot to do with design and, and the DNA of the company around making current problems that are difficult easy. And I think design is a fundamental piece of doing that well. Design is a fundamental piece, but at the same time, there's a lot that goes into a killer Kickstarter video. You guys crushed it not once, but twice. Share a couple strategies. It starts with a script. So I think anybody can write a script, whether you can shoot a video or not. You spend a lot of time on the scripts. And first, it'll start like five minutes. You don't have too much to say. And eventually, you'll get it down to two and a half minutes. But the script is very much about kind of introducing yourself so it's personal. We then get into like well, the problem we're solving it and how we're solving it. We share a little bit on the product in that less of telling you, more of showing you as the products, people understand it. And then we definitely tell the design creation story. I think that's a key part of crowdfunding or at least of community on Kickstarter is kind of how you made this. And so we try to keep everything underneath two and a half minutes. I think this last one was three minutes because we couldn't figure out what to cut, but generally under three minutes, keep people's attention. Absolutely. Because it's ADD generation, right? People just want to get off and go do something. Hopefully go take some pictures. Yeah, what but if you get, if, I was going to say, if you get that story tight, like it helps you also visualize what shots to get. So you save a bunch of money. If you don't know, you don't write your story out and don't think of all the shots and the context, you'll spend a lot of money because it's going to, you have to hire somebody or, or pay the filmer to think through that or pay the editor. But you can generally find filmers on the side that will help you shoot and then you can pay an editor. But the better your story is written and you've thought through all that, the cheaper it'll be. How can you tell when the storyboard really clicks? It's really hard when you're writing it yourself. But even other people giving you feedback, it's difficult without the video. I think just words, like just write it. Just write the words and paint the picture with your words and then give it to people, give you feedback. Friends, family, see if it inspires them. You can do a lot with words before you even get to visuals. That is very true. I think some people miss out on that by having music in the background. And Mark, you've crushed not one but two campaigns. I'm sure you're pretty darn busy. We've got to let you start getting back to what you're doing. But what you learn from the first campaign that you're putting into the second one, outside of the fulfillment, the other back-end stuff, how'd you make this one not even just as successful, but a little bit more? It's a little bit easier because we had a running start. The first time, your customer base is zero. Like We started 300 email addresses of our friends and family. So this time, we have thousands of customers from selling them lenses. And so I think the larger your initial starting base is, the potentially more successful you're going to be. So if you're a first-time Kickstarter, build that email list. Get friends and family. Send them updates every two weeks. Say, hey, I'm working on this. Can I update you? So you build that list. By the time you hit Kickstarter, you got a running start. Absolutely. And does that mean you guys are going to be one of those consecutive Kickstarter companies you keep coming back? Yeah, we definitely believe in it. We believe that you can work on a prototype like we did with the case. We probably spent four months, five months of our own time on a prototype. We got it to what we think is a good point. But we definitely believe in crowdfunding because from this point forward, it's very expensive. And so if we didn't even have enough money to say, hey, let's go make 5,000 of these. Like we need the crowdfunding for us to be able to validate that it's worth bringing it to market, covering the tooling costs, upfront production costs. And so I definitely a huge believer is you can prototype for cheap. But manufacturing is very expensive. And so crowdfunding is a great thing to do before you manufacture. Manufacturing is incredibly expensive, incredibly hard. I'm learning that now. What are some of the challenges with hardware? Because that's not even something I've touched. And that's way more difficult than just physical goods. I run a workshop series on the side called Hardware Workshop. You can link people for your, your listeners to it. But we basically spend two days teaching people like 12 different topics from idea to market. And I think the big thing on manufacturing or just in hardware in general is that you're actually building several businesses. You're 
having to figure out how to make a product and you don't get many chances to make it wrong because it costs money as soon as you cut a tool. You're generally dealing with overseas manufacturing. So instantly you're a global company. You've got to go build a brand and get awareness for that, which is difficult in itself. You generally have to think of software that has to go on top of the hardware. So you're not just a device product, but you may have a software company on top of it. And so, and then you have to do design. So you end up having to do a lot of functions that spread you pretty wide with a small number of people. And I think that's the biggest challenge. And it was never possible before Kickstarter to really do it on your own. It seems like one thing that is really important to you, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like you like to give back to the, the community as a whole, not just crowdfunding, but startups. You've talked about helping out in a lot of different ways. Is that something you do now that you've become a little bit more successful? Uh, that's I know that's I a weird question. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when we first started in hard, nobody cared about hardware. Like people weren't trying to work on it. Nobody wanted to listen to what you had to say. Nobody wanted to help. And so I think I'm definitely a big believer. And the more of these companies that can be built, the better it is for the community. And I kind of found these workshops as a way I could help. We do like six a year. We can impact like 600 entrepreneurs instead of trying to do like one-on-one coffee meetings forever. And so I definitely spend my time giving back in that format to try to really teach and educate and try to connect the past generation with the next generation. There's a lot of information from the past generation of hardware builders, a lot of enthusiasm and new ideas in the next generation. So definitely try to help. And that's the beautiful thing about Kickstarter. We've had you on here for a while, Mark. Now it's time to start wrapping up, let you get back to basically changing the world of photography. I want one thing that you're going to leave inventors, entrepreneurs with. If you just had one thing, one takeaway from this interview, what would you want it to be? Purpose, man. Figure out your purpose, why you're doing it. Figure out the purpose. I think that's awesome. Thanks for coming on today, Mark. You've been pretty cool. I will probably shoot you at least an email or two with some personal questions on incredible product design. And I think listeners got a ton out of this. Where's the best place for people to connect with you? For Moment, go to momentlens.co. And for my, my personal, I have a site, just Mark Barrows, M-A-R-C dot Barrows. Mark, thanks so much for coming on. You've been an awesome guest. I hope people got a ton out of this. Heck, I know they did. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks Mark. Matt. Hey guys, I'm your host, Matt Ward, and I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Art of the Kickstart, where we believe inventors, innovators, and entrepreneurs are changing the world and bringing humanity forward into the future. If you liked the ideas in this episode, or you're interested in learning more about crowdfunding and how to kill it with your own Kickstarter campaign, you can check out more at artofthekickstart.com. And if you've been listening to the show, love the episodes, but you're not subscribed, that's got to change. You can go to artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher and get the episodes delivered magically to your phone. And if you like the show, I would love you forever if you leave a review on iTunes. It helps more aspiring inventors and creators out there find the show and find the information they need to kill it on Kickstarter. Until next time, thanks for tuning in, guys, and have an absolutely 